Yeah, yeah. Ball so hard, you better believe me, it's scary. It's basketball at the bar with Calvin and Barry. So put a tip in the jar, cause these dudes can really fill it up. Whether it's buckets you need enough just a beer in a cup. We're here for fresh conversations, got some delicious libations. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. My boys, got you covered like you being guarded by pay. From the glove to the cloth, and everyone else in between. Calvin and Barry got everything that you need. So sit back, relax, because we're starting the show. It's basketball at the bar, grab your drinks and let's go. Yeah, yeah. Grab a drink and let's go. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notification. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notification. Let's get it. What up, ballers? Welcome to Basketball at the Bar. Join us live every weekday for the best NBA podcast on YouTube, where the takes are hot and the drinks are cold. There's no dress code, and you can take us wherever you go. So pull up a stool, drop a like, and don't forget to subscribe. This is Basketball at the Bar. Grab your drinks, and let's go. Calvin, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. It's uh, May 11th. Uh, we had two uh, not-so-good basketball games yesterday that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But we got two more exciting games today, and uh, we move one step closer to the NBA Finals. So uh, that's exciting. It is exciting. We also, you piggybacked on the correct picks once again. And, uh, you know, we were expecting these games this weekend, but a couple days late, we'll take. I was watching ESPN this morning, and they're like, you'd be a fool not to bet on the road teams because the road team, or sorry, the home home teams, teams. because the home teams have just been absolutely killing it in this playoffs. And uh, I think you and I have both taken the home teams quite a few times here, (laughs) uh, which definitely helps. I actually remember a couple instances where I took every road team in the first round. I think I did that like two or three times, maybe. Okay. That's 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 pretty good. What's up, Mike? Good to see you here. Yeah, I, I know. Mike, how you're I'm feeling. gonna put this bottle away. I don't <laughs> think I'm gonna need it. <laughs> All right, welcome in everybody. Welcome to today's show. On the show today, we're gonna give a couple injury updates. We're gonna break down both horrible games yesterday. Combined 65 points uh, in losses yesterday. We're going to break down both games uh, that are happening today, and then we'll finish the show, as always, with Q&A with you guys, the fans. So, Calvin, let's uh, jump right into it here. Let's talk about some injuries. Uh, Robert Williams, he's out for Game 5? Yeah, Robert Williams is officially listed as out for tonight's Game 5 in Boston against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, who knows how this is going to affect Boston because Al Horford seems to go into like Hulk mode when he, when Robert (laughs) Williams is out and, and Horford is forced to play the five. So, um, of course they would like to have him available, but Boston has definitely shown that they are more than capable of winning a game in this series without him. Yes. John Morant's also listed as out in tonight's game, uh, Still dealing with the knee bruise, uh, rough for him and for the Memphis Grizzlies. And uh, what's up with Kyle Lowry? Kyle Lowry is going to be out for game six uh, tomorrow, Thursday, in Philadelphia. He is going to travel with the team, so he appears to have taken on the the role of cheerleader 100% on this team. He, He seems to enjoy himself on the bench. A lot, whereas yeah. we didn't see him enjoying himself too much when he was playing. 
in games three and four in Philadelphia. So clearly the, the hamstring is still really bothering him. And, uh, I, you know, I think Miami feels confident now that they can win without him, that they're playing better without him. Mm-hmm. And it's best to just make sure that he's rested in a hundred percent for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, you know, regardless of what happened over the last weekend, I think Miami realizes that they can win this series without Kyle Lowry, and uh, they just need him to get healthy if they're going to make another run to make it to the finals. So I, I think they're definitely going to need him in the next round. Yeah, it's it's a little worrisome, I would say, you know, just for the future series, you know, with the Miami Heat. We've seen a lot of players um, deal with hamstring injuries in this postseason, and and Lowry is the only one that hasn't been able to find his way back onto the court, or when he did, still wasn't, you know, looking like himself. Um, and hamstring injuries can definitely hang around for yep. quite a long time. It seems like he's gotten the worst of that this play this postseason. Yeah, and going out there and trying in those other two games probably didn't help his progress. Right. Um, but hopefully, yeah, he can. They can close out this series. Hopefully, uh, he can get some rest and uh, get that hamstring healed up. All right, let's jump into the first game yesterday. Uh, this game was horrible, Calvin. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll make these quick, both game recaps. <laughs> and I, I just want to you know, remind everyone that Calvin and I uh, expected both of these series to potentially be over on Sunday, last Sunday, right. um, because we thought Philadelphia and Dallas had no chance. Both the teams played really well at home over the weekend, And then both teams get absolutely destroyed yesterday on the road. As I mentioned, combined 65 points uh, between the two losses. But uh, the first game, Philadelphia heads to Miami. Uh, The news breaks that Joel Embiid is not going to win the MVP award, um, or that's the rumor at least. We see him have a back injury during the game. We see him get hit in the face with the ball again. Um, he did not seem like himself out there. A lot of the reporters were saying that he did not seem like his normal self uh, before the game. Uh, they weren't sure if he was dealing with some kind of sickness or if, if he was just that crushed that uh, he was not winning the MVP award. Miami goes on to win this game 120-85. to 85. Uh, Jimmy Butler, 23 points for the Miami Heat in this game, nine rebounds, six assists, 19 uh, by uh, Matt Struss, uh, starting instead of Kyle Lowry, uh, 15 for Gabe Vincent, 10 for P.J. Tucker, 12 points for Bam Adebayo, 13 off the bench for Oladipo, and 10 off the bench for Tyler Hero. As far as the Sixers go here, Joel Embiid leads all scores with 17 points on 7 of 12 shooting, only 5 rebounds for him, uh, 14 points for James Harden, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 12 points for Tobias Harris, and then a bunch of other guys uh, semi-showed up to the <laughs> game, didn't put up really in, incredible numbers or anything, Tyrese Maxey, 2 of 10 from the field, uh, just an overall disappointing performance by Philadelphia not sure if this started with Embiid and kind of trickled down to the team or if just the whole team was not ready for this game. Uh, the whole team definitely looked not ready for this game. This is the this was the biggest game of the year for the Philadelphia 76ers, and, and they did not show up in any way, shape, or form. They, they looked lethargic. They looked like they didn't care. They were way too careless with the ball. Um, I mean, really costly turnovers, not even bad passes, just – 
lackadaisical dribbling and you get the ball ripped away from you. Um, Miami just wanted this more. I, I mean, this series has come down to who shoots the three better. You know, the three-point differential has been uh, a really large one in every game in this series. Philadelphia shoots 28% from three last night, and Miami back up to almost 40%, 39.4% from three. Um, that's been the difference. But, yeah, Philadelphia, if you're a Sixers fan, you have to be incredibly disappointed with the effort that was given in this game because we all know game five in a tied series is the game that you have to go get. And Philadelphia did not look like they wanted to be there. Yeah. It's not very often where you hear a coach pleading to his players on the sideline just to give some effort out there. That's what doc rivers was shouting all night. We just need to give some effort. We need to be there. Uh, This Philadelphia team to me seems like, the most Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde team in the playoffs. Uh, We saw it in the first round against Toronto too, right, where they looked incredible one game, and then the next game would just, you know, lay an egg out there. I expected them to, you know, sweep Toronto or or win in five games. They let Toronto get two wins, uh, even though they were dealing with injuries. Um, and then Joel Embiid, the injury to him just kind of compounds that for this team. He played incredible in games three and four. Didn't really show up for this game. Not sure what's really going on with him. Um, just quite unfortunate. And you mentioned the Philadelphia 76ers fans have got to be hurting today because you're right. This was the biggest game of their season. Um, it's almost like worse as a fan that it's like, oh, we're down 2-0. We suck. You know, you're going to sweep us, we're out. But it's like, no, we came back and yeah. we won two games. You, you gave you us some hope. hope. Yep, We're exactly. back in it, we're excited, and then this happens, and it just totally tears you down. And I could imagine how the players feel as well because they feel like the fans, but it's even more exaggerated because they're on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, th- this was a an absolute collapse from the very beginning. Uh, I mean, Philadelphia had two quarters where they didn't score 20 points in this game. so And they came out right from the beginning. Miami uh, did with a lot of energy. Bam Adebayo was, I thought, amazing for Miami yesterday. He, not really uh, – his stats don't really jump off the page at you, but his defense was great. And Miami threw out this lineup uh, yesterday that I thought was really interesting where, you know, it's – Without Kyle Lowry, Miami doesn't really have a true point guard. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler does a lot of the ball handling for them. Um, they let Gabe Vincent handle the ball a lot, but neither of those guys are really point guards. For a, a good portion of, of the first half yesterday, Miami went with a lineup. I think it was Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Oladipo, and Caleb Martin, and then Bam. And Bam was a lot of times the point guard or the the point forward for mm-hmm. them. He led the break. He's so difficult to stop in the open court with his size, his ability to handle the ball. Uh, he's a great playmaker and decision maker. And at 6'9", w- with that type of speed, uh, when you surround him with those guys who are mostly shooters, that was a really difficult lineup. Plus, you've got some really solid defenders out there, too, with Caleb Martin, Oladipo on the, the front Um, of that kind of half-court, three-quarter-court press that they throw out Mm -hmm. with Bam in the back as the the rim protector. It was really interesting to me, but I thought that lineup was incredibly effective. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, we also saw Jimmy Butler locking down Tyrese Maxey in this game. I thought that was a pr- pretty interesting adjustment to make. Uh, Tyrese has been playing incredible. Uh, we all know how good of a defender Jimmy Butler is, and if he has his mind on shutting somebody down, he definitely can. Only nine points for Tyrese Maxey. Uh, two of ten shooting from the field. Without him... James Harden needs to be an absolute superstar. Uh, he had another mediocre performance, and then yeah, Joel Embiid. They just didn't get anybody. To all the injuries, it, not yep. one person. Even Tobias Harris. You know, this is probably his worst game of the whole series. And the the only thing I, I want to say about Embiid, a lot of people are making <clears throat> this out to be a, a, a MVP snub. Um, performance that he Charles Barkley said he looked distracted um, mm-hmm. he looked like he was wor- more worried about the MVP race than this game some of that might be true I mean of course if you're Joel Embiid you're disappointed that you didn't win MVP but that's not what I saw from him yesterday he looks like he is hurting bad yep. I, I mean he's got back problems face problems the ligament torn ligament in his thumb um, he looks absolutely beaten down physically to me you know I, I don't think that it's a for a guy like him most players I think in that situation would use not winning the MVP as motivation to come out and play stronger or harder or faster mm-hmm. in the next game right sometimes that can work to your disadvantage yep. uh, I've definitely been in that situation as a player where I uh, overhyped myself for a game or Russell um, yeah exactly and you end up playing worse because of that mm-hmm. you know but to me he just looks like his body is starting to break down completely uh, I mean I think it's much more of a he is physically spent at this point than he's upset that he lost the MVP and, and he wasn't trying yeah yeah I, I think that Embiid, as amazing of a player he is, he has a big target on his back. Um, And we've seen it in the past that Shaq and Charles have really kind of ganged up on him. When he plays well, they congratulate him and they appreciate him and all that. But when he does not play, you know, I, I think maybe part of it is they see some of themselves in this guy. So they quickly attack him if yeah. he does not give it his all or if he if anything seems off with him, they're very, very quick to kind of attack him or, or call him out. Hopefully that helps him, you know, moving on further into his career and he can use that as motiva- uh, motivation. But for me, the biggest thing about this entire situation is this, to me, is completely caused by the Ben Simmons situation. Is... Ben Simmons did not play at all this year for the Sixers. The entire load was on Embiid all season long. And it's just finally built up enough with injuries and all this that the dude just can't be himself anymore. Yeah, And it, it's quite unfortunate because he's an amazing player. Um, I think he was well-deserving of the MVP award. Um, but it takes more than one guy to win in this league. And until James Harden can step up and be that guy – until Tyrese Maxey can do it on a, on a regular basis, the dude is still really young. Like I, I don't expect too much from Tyrese Maxey, but Embiid is the star player on this team, and he's just beat up and beaten down. It's been an incredible season for him, but also probably uh, his most trying season of his career as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so. absolutely.
shout out to Embiid. Um, keep doing what you're doing, man. You know, you'll get healthy. Um, you'll come back stronger next year. You just need to get some help from your teammates, man. You really do. Yeah, they, they've got some interesting questions to answer in the offseason, particularly with James Harden. Yes. They offer him the Supermax extension. Uh, yeah, it, it's... Yeah, very, very interesting. Anyways, it's gonna be, gonna be fun. Philadelphia goes down 3-2 in this series. Um, I think, Calvin, they're probably going to be closed out here on Thursday. Um, but we we'll will see, see what happens. That, no, the, neither team has won on the road yet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, after this performance, um, I you know, I think Philadelphia will come back and play with a little bit more energy. You would expect them to in front of their home crowd. Uh, but it, it's not looking good for them. And B just needs some time off, man. He yeah. just needs his body to heal. It, it was so painful for me just to watch him on the ground grabbing his face yeah. after he got hit with the ball. Like the dude, oh, is he was so on the ground, pain. you know, all yeah. over the place in that game. Yeah, whether it was his back or his face. Um, yeah, he he definitely looked like he was in a lot of pain to me. Physical, yeah, physical pain. Yeah, very very unfortunate. All right, so the the next game, we had Dallas traveling to Phoenix for game five. They end up losing this game 110-80. to 80. Uh, Phoenix goes up 3-2 in the series. Devin Booker, 28 points. Luka Doncic, 28 points. We saw another, uh, you know, not-so-great performance by Chris Paul. Only seven points for him in this game. He did have 10 assists. But I'm a little worried about Chris Paul. He's looking old since his birthday. I saw a stat earlier today. Uh, he has had more fouls and turnovers in the past two games than he has had field goal attempts, which is uh, pretty incredible. 20 points, uh, 9 rebounds for DeAndre Ayton, 14 points for Mikel Bridges, 14 for Cam Johnson off the bench. Um, and then as far as the Mavericks, as I mentioned, uh, 28 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, three steals for Luka Doncic. Not worried about him. I know he's going to play his game no matter what. 21 points for Jalen Brunson. Two starters giving you offers, including Reggie uh, Bullock. 20 or sorry, 35 minutes, 0 of 5, zero points for him. Uh, Dwight Powell only played eight minutes, zero points for him. Eight points for Dorian Finney-Smith and ten for. Uh, Davis Bertons off the bench. Really unfortunate performance for the Dallas Mavericks. They get absolutely murdered in this game. <laughs> well, <clears throat> in the second half, yes, for sure. Dallas did come out uh, at, to start this game, unlike Philadelphia. Uh, they seemed to take control early. They were knocking down threes early. Uh, I think they were got even out to a, like a 10-3 to three start or something like that. Luka was... Um, mm -hmm. in his bag, as Mark Jones likes to say, early on in this game. And they, they definitely looked like they were going to give Phoenix a run for their money down in the Valley of the Sun. But that second half, Phoenix comes out, they just cannot miss in the third quarter. Mm -hmm. Phoenix got back to what makes them great, I think, in this game. They were attacking the paint. They kept constantly flashing a guy like Mikhail Bridges into the middle getting that ball right at the around the free throw line um, and Dallas's defense was completely broken down it was wide open shots from there DeAndre Ayton the same they looked to get him the ball in the paint dominated in that painted area there in the second half um, and you know Luca try as he might uh, the one thing that he still is really inconsistent with is his three-point shot 
Yeah. You know, he has some games where he can't miss, uh, but he's now, what is it, three for 18 in the last two games from three. So that's the one area of his game. He takes a lot of three-point shots, and he doesn't shoot it at a, he hasn't his whole career yeah. shot it at a very high percentage. Yeah, yeah, I feel for you, Mike. It was so promising in the first <coughs> half. It's kind of what I was saying, you know, about the whole weekend games, right? Is it's like they give you a little hope and then they just take it away. Uh, the Mavs are just outmatched in this, perf- like in this matchup. They just are. Uh, you know, you got two games at home, which is great. It gives you some stuff to build on next season. Um, but I, I think this series is over as well. And I said that last time, too. Uh, so maybe that'll help you win some more games. I don't know. That's true. I don't know. Um, what are you thinking about Chris Paul here? I'm not sure what to think of him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out later that he's dealing with another injury, which you know has derailed his postseason play a few times in the past. More than a few. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it, he's... As yeah, LeBron he's would old. Say, not I one, mean, not two, not three, not four. That's right. how many times he's been derailed that's, due to injury. That's true. He's had some <laughs> tough injury breaks in the playoffs. Uh, I'm not so sure what to make of him. It it's weird to see. You know, it's one thing to just not shoot that well or score that much, but the turnovers are the big thing for yeah. me. I mean, this is a guy who's got one of the best assist to turnover ratios uh, in NBA history, uh, especially in the postseason. So it, it's a it's a very interesting situation. I, who maybe he plays himself out of it? Who knows? Yeah. What's up, Phoenix? Good to see you here, Key Kings. Welcome <clears throat> in. Uh, yeah, it, it's a weird situation. It seems like it all went sour on Mother's Day for him. Uh, and some updates on that situation. <laughs> Apparently, the the kid. I call him a kid because I don't know how old he is, but he looked yeah, very he young. Looked like he was. And, uh, 14 or 15 years old. Apparently, to Chris Paul's mom, he was inebriated, um, which is weird at a game. Um, but apparently, he kept tapping her on the shoulder and saying, Happy Mother's Day. Uh, she politely told him to stop, and he continued, and that turned into uh, a bigger issue with some unwanted hugs. Unwanted hugs. Which is uh, very weird. <laughs> yes. Very, very weird. Um, more tunnel magic in this game too last night yeah yeah it's it's kind of like the the whole covid thing has just made everyone stand offish right six feet away don't touch me blah blah blah, all this but yeah let's talk about that tunnel thing uh (laughs) any insights on that again another really weird situation i'm not sure exactly what to make of it chris paul was not involved in this one. chris paul was not that we know of (laughs) yet i'm sure there will be a report out later that after the game he he went through the secret tunnel but, um, yeah, Bismack Biombo and Marquise Chris late in the second half when this game is all but over, uh, get ejected, get into it. And somehow Biombo ends up leaving down the wrong tunnel yeah. in his own stadium, yeah. his home stadium, goes towards the Dallas Mavericks locker room instead. He hasn't bl- been with Phoenix all season, though, so we can give him that. Okay, but how many games <laughs> does it take for you to know where your tunnel is? Like, you play a lot of games there, especially in the playoffs, too. I don't know. It just seems very strange to me that you would magically forget that all of a sudden. And then, so Marquise Chris follows him down the tunnels. The security team has to run into the tunnel to make sure nothing crazy happens. 
just a, a bizarre situation. Everybody's kind of standing. You could see it on everyone's face on the court. They're like, what the hell is yeah. going on? Did he here? go the wrong yeah. way? That's weird. He's played 36 games with them this season. So Okay, if 36 I, games isn't enough to know where your tunnel half is. Half of those are at home. It's also not the first time he's ever played a game in Phoenix. Yeah. Like He's been in the league for a long time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, and in Marquise Chris's defense, he did not follow him. He tried to go in his own <laughs> tunnel, and the other dude was there. Yes, he did not follow him. He did briskly jog back yes. in there, though. He he seemed to know what was going on. I think he did. Shout out to Marquise Chris, uh, Sacramento native. So. I think both of these guys knew what was going on. And it was also uh, no surprise to me, anyway, <laughs> to see that Jay Crowder was magically in the tunnel as well. That guy is always in the middle of everything, it seems like. And shout out to both these guys, both drafted by the Sacramento Kings as well. Uh, I think Jay Crowder got injured in this game, didn't he? Uh, I didn't see that. It I don't seemed, see him on the injury report either. It seemed either. that he went out with a shoulder injury. Uh, it did not look good. He went down the tunnel into the locker room holding his shoulder. I have not heard any updates on that, but uh, I believe he did leave this game injured, and I'm not sure if he came back. I did not see him back out there. I know uh, he played 27 minutes. Maybe that's minutes. when he went down the wrong tunnel, when he got hurt, injured. But, uh uh, yeah, that's tough for them. Um, you know, Phoenix won this game, but Chris Paul's got to step it up, and and they need to get some of these guys back from injury uh, if they're gonna if they're gonna advance. Yeah, Dario Saric is still the only player listed on Phoenix's injury report. So okay, good. To Crowder's know. not even listed as day to day or questionable or, uh, you know, the Miami Heat tactic. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, Next up here, Calvin, I, I want to talk a little bit about Luka Doncic. Um, we talked about it on yesterday's show about how some of these younger guys that are so incredible um, remind me of guys in the past like a LeBron or a Jordan where everything is on their shoulders. They're by far and away the best player on their team. They do everything for their team. And then it seems to either hold them down in the playoffs or at the end of games where they just seem tired, exhausted because they've done so much. Uh, not saying that that's exactly what's happening to Luke in this situation, but I, I just want to hear some comparisons for you from you about Luca, LeBron, and maybe MJ as far as postseason performances and uh, doing everything for your team and still not winning games. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh you know, first of all, before we really get too far into this conversation, uh, neither of us are out here saying that Luca is the same player as LeBron or Jordan. Um, but I do think that you can see some similarities in their all three of those guys' early postseason careers in that they, like you said, they, they were pretty much by themselves. They have to do all the heavy lifting for their team. Um, they have very little help around them. Luca is definitely not the defender that LeBron or Jordan is, although I think he's made some small improvements on the defensive side. But he, he just has to completely take over games for them to be even have a chance. Um, and that's you know the same type of thing that we saw from Jordan the first couple times that he made the postseason. Obviously, Luca and Jordan are two of the top three uh, postseason scorers for their careers so far um so that the numbers offensively look similar there mm -hmm. you know and of course lebron had 
uh, the the moments in Cleveland where he dragged teams all the way to the finals by himself, yep. only to get swept by San Antonio. So it's just very obvious to me that Luca is. Well, it's obvious to most people that Luca is a generational talent. Uh, I mean, the guy is a phenomenal basketball Not player. Not a lot But he, <laughs> yeah, but he needs help. There, Dallas is. This is the first time in Luca's career they advance out of the first round. So he is going through those trials, those playoff trials, you mm-hmm. know, that everybody talks about having to learn how to win a seven-game series and all that stuff. Uh, but the dude needs help. Yep. He needs another star player on that team if they're going to be a championship contender, in my opinion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Luka Doncic, he may not be the next LeBron. He may not be the next Jordan. Obviously, those two other guys have a huge physical advantage, uh, athletic advantage over a guy like Luka, Luka Doncic. But this dude is just different. He is different than every other player in the NBA. He commands respect on the court. Uh, his play is incredible. He can do a lot of things uh, that nobody else uh, currently can do on the basketball court. He will go down, in my opinion, as one of the best basketball players of all time. Maybe top 30, 40, could be as high as top 10. Um, it's really early on in his career. He needs to learn how to win in the postseason because that's much different uh, than than winning in the regular season. But the dude is a flat-out stud, and he's going to continue to get better. Uh, and I think his teams will continue to get better as well. You mentioned first playoff series win uh, for him, and it's the first one for the Mavericks since they won a title like 11 years ago. I love where they're going. They're a little ahead of schedule right now, but no worries at all about Luka Doncic. This dude is incredible. Uh, he just needs more help, just like LeBron, just like Jordan. You mm-hmm. can't do it all mm-hmm. by yourself. Um, so very, very bright future for him and the Mavs. I'm interested to see what they do this offseason because uh, I think they could potentially make a run at um, the Western Conference Finals next season, depending on how their offseason does go. On that subject, I got a good question here from Phoenix. How do you guys think Kevin Durant will be remembered when his career is done? I will always know him as the fraud who ran from the grind and joining a 73-9 team with the greatest spacing ever. Um, yeah, I got to be honest, Phoenix. I, there aren't I, – I, I stay away from off-the-court stuff when it, when it comes to – evaluating how great a basketball player is for me. I mean, does it affect his legacy? Yeah, it probably does. Um, But for me, I'll remember Kevin Durant as one of the most talented basketball players I ever watched play. Um, He's just one of the most unique players the game has ever seen. A guy that size that's able to handle the ball like he can, shoot the ball like he can. Um, He is is a a once-in-a-lifetime player, and I'm very happy that I got to see him play. All the other stuff that comes with it, you know, the the fact that he, like you said, ran from the grind, all that stuff. Um, I I still feel very lucky to have watched those Warriors teams play. Like, yeah. you know, there are a lot of people that will never have that opportunity in their lifetime. Just like people never had their the opportunity to watch LeBron play or or Jordan play. Um, he is. He's a very polarizing guy. Uh, he definitely has never had any trouble speaking his mind 
on anything, and it's gotten him into trouble in the past. But he is a phenomenal basketball player that I've loved watching over the course of his career. Yeah, um, I'll take the bait here. Uh, you know, Kevin Durant, greatest scorer of all time. He could do everything on the offensive end of the floor. Um, he can score from anywhere. He can shoot from anywhere. Uh, but I think that the main thing that I take away from the situation is that he'll never be the leader on a championship winning team. Um, I was disappointed in him from, for going to join that Golden State team. I understand. I get it. I, I know where he was at. Um, but I do think it does tarnish his legacy a little bit in the terms of he didn't create a team. He went to a team that was already created. Yes, he was the best player on that team, but no, he was not the leader, uh, and he was not the reason that team, uh, you know, became as good as they were. He was a contributor, but um, I think it's it's a much different situation than a guy like LeBron going to Miami and creating a super team, uh, a team that was like, what were they, forty-one and forty-one the season before he got there. Uh, it's different than you know. KG and Ray Allen go into the Celtics to create a super team. It's just different. Um, I don't think you can really compare that dynasty. And yeah, it is a dynasty. Like it, it was an incredible team. I don't think you can really compare that to many other teams because nobody's been in that situation before where they've had the best record regular season wise of all time. And they got lucky enough that their star player was on a, such a reasonable contract that they had the salary cap space to go out and sign the best or second best player in the league in KD and bring them to your team. So I, I get it from both sides, um, but I do think it will be a little tarnishing on his legacy that, that he, uh, he went and joined uh, somebody instead of um, creating something. So you see what LeBron did in Miami is different. Much different. Because he didn't, they created that team. Yes. That he didn't join. Okay. I mean, look at that roster. LeBron went to Miami. There was only three guys on that roster that were there the year before, right? And that was D-Wade, Haslam, and uh, Mario Chalmers, I believe. Mm -hmm. Only three guys. Yeah. You take KD. KD goes to basically a team that's already built and shows up. No, I, I get Much that. Much different. I get that. And was Kevin Durant the best player on that team? He was, but he wasn't the leader. That's that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I look. I I'm agreeing here basically with both sides of the coin. I I think that um, it's unfair to Kevin Durant as a basketball player to to say that he's basically insignificant <clears throat> in NBA history because he chose to join a team that was already built. He's one of the greatest players that's ever played. Oh, I'm not saying he's in, insignificant and, and at Phoenix, all, but. I don't know how you can disagree with the fact that he is a phenomenal scorer. He was a multiple scoring champ before he even got to Golden State. So I don't see how his numbers can be inflated. He's put up huge scoring numbers everywhere he's been his entire life. Yep. Yes, he happened to join a team that was the, one of the greatest teams of all time, and I understand why people view that negatively. People always hate dynasties, whether they're built or whether they're created. People hated the Bulls in the 90s because they won all the time. People hated the Lakers in the early 2000s because they won all the time. People hated the Celtics in the 60s because they won all the time. I, I understand why people don't like Kevin Durant as a person, 
But as a basketball player, you've got to give him respect. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I, I respect him. Uh, yeah, Phoenix may be right. Maybe he's one of the best scorers, not the best. Uh, that's a very hard, um, I guess, situation to even label the best scorer because what do you use? Is it field goal percentage? Is it points per game? Is it what they can do on the court? Because who's the best scorer of all time? Is it Wilt Chamberlain? He's scored the most. He's averaged the most points. Is it uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? who has the most points in all time, and LeBron could be that. That, that is right. You're right. It's, it's very tough to say who is the best, but he is one of the greatest scorers of all time. Uh, it's just, yeah, for me, um, I think he took the easy route. He, he chased a ring with a team that was already there. We see it all the time, but normally it's guys that are on the tail end of their career taking a minimum deal. Um, he did it with a max deal during his prime and became the best player on the best team in the league. Um, so did he deserve a championship? Hell yeah, he did. Um, but I do think it does tarnish his reputation. He wasn't the first person to do that either. Like, I mean, I, I get it. Kevin Garnett didn't sign in free agency with the Boston Celtics, but it, that trade is one of the most ridiculous trades in NBA history. When he gets moved yeah. from Minnesota to But they were Boston. like the worst team in the league or close to it. Yeah, but it, I'm all I'm trying to say is you don't think that he was trying to force his way out a little bit. Oh, like he definitely he, he was. didn't want to be in Minnesota anymore. So yeah. why not team up with my buddies Ray and, and Paul? Like yep. teams players have done this in the past just in different ways. Like it, it's, but he didn't go to the best team in the league. Over the course. He didn't go to the best team. They in became the, the best team in the league. Exactly. They won a title. Became. But there's a difference. He helped build and create that team instead of joining a team. I just don't really know if all three guys in the, in the summer get together and they're like, Hey, we all want to play together. We're not free agents though. So let's get our teams to trade each other to, to the same team. Yeah. How is that any different than Kevin Durant saying, well, this team's here that I know I can go win with, so I'm going to go win with them? Because those three guys were already on it's Golden State. the same State. thing with LeBron and Chris Bosh. Those three guys were already on Golden State, and KD <laughs> said, I'm going to go join those three guys. I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think this situation, even though it's not black and white in Aggressive terms Dree, of life, I agree with you, man. Yeah. I, I just feel like it. this super team's the super team term or whatever is, is not a mid-2000s to late-2000s new thing. Like, there, there were super teams in the NBA long before that. You, you just you, you didn't have the player empowerment that LeBron created in the NBA mm -hmm. around contracts, around leverage, um, all of that stuff came with LeBron, and, and that's why you have situations like the Kevin Durant situation that you didn't have in the 90s or in the 80s or, or even before then. Did Durant create the Warriors squad? No, but... Did LeBron create the Miami squad? Yes. Did Kevin Garnett <laughs> create the Boston squad? 
I think it was a combination of all those guys. It, it's not just LeBron. It was LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. They yeah. all got together and they said, we want to create this exactly. team. Started from the bottom, now we're here. So KD started when, from the top, now he's Steph here. And, when Steph and Clay call Kevin Durant in the offseason and they say, we want to create this team, you should come play with us. Just because they're already there, it's different? Yeah, it is different. Okay. When you set the record for the best regular season team of all time and you lose the LeBron James in the finals when you're up 3-1 and then you call KD the second best player in the league and you're like, hey, man, we couldn't beat LeBron. We need your help. Come to our team. I mean, it's it's a, it's an interesting debate. I think Calvin and I could probably debate yeah. about this all day long, uh, but we'll we'll keep it moving here on the show. Um, I'd like to hear all your opinions in the chat and down below in the comments. So let us know either way. I'm not putting any shade on KD, um, dude is NBA champion, uh, finals MVP. He's regular season MVP. Um, one of the greatest scorers of all time. Um, I I do think it's a difference though. I, I do. All right, moving on here. Um, did we talk about Bismack Biombo? Did he forget where his locker room was at? Yes, we we talked about that. Um, okay, which team has an edge going into... He didn't join a 73-win team. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. He did join a 73-win team. But, okay, I, I, never mind. It, I think this debate, there's no winning this debate, in my opinion. So, <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like KD. You can't win this debate, man, unless you go join another debate team, and, and then you can win, right? A 73-win debate team, maybe. They said the same thing about LeBron. He couldn't win in Cleveland, so he went to Miami and joined a super team, and then he won. I, how is that different? <laughs> Creating. Um, all right, so let's talk about today's games. Milwaukee heads to Boston. Uh, this game here starts in about 20 minutes. The series is tied 2-2. Uh, taking a look here, Boston is favored by 5 and a half. Chris Middleton still out for the Bucs. Robert Williams is out for the Celtics. We saw Marcus Smart back. He is playing well. Calvin, what are your thoughts on this game? Um, This is going to be a real, real interesting game. Like, uh, this series has been very, very evenly matched. I mean, both... uh, Two games in Boston to start the series, a split, one and one. Two games in Milwaukee afterwards, a split, one and one. So uh, this this game will, you know, it goes without saying that it, it basically determines who wins the series because we all know 80-whatever percent of the time that you win a game five when it's tied, that team goes on to win. But uh, this series is is the most evenly matched series, I think, in the semifinal round, and so yeah, th- this game is is absolutely huge for both teams. Yeah, yeah, it is a it is a huge, huge game, and uh, you know we've seen both sides of these teams, right? We've seen the good Bucks, the bad Bucks, the good Celtics, the bad Celtics. It'll be interesting to see uh, who ends up standing out in this game. If it will be Boston, what's Al Horford going to do in this game? Um, it is at home for them. Um, I'm just hoping, honestly, that these games are close today because I, I can't watch another 30-point blowout like yesterday. That was just annoying. I don't think this is going to be a 30-point blowout. So my question for you, Calvin, which team has the edge going into Game 5, Boston or Milwaukee? It's tied 2-2. Both are dealing with some injuries. Yeah, uh, It's getting kind of physical, but who has the edge in this game? 
It's very even. I, I give a slight, very slight edge to Boston for the fact that they're at home today, and I'm getting worried about Giannis. His he, he looks very fatigued. Um, you know, we talked a lot earlier about Luka Doncic having to do everything for his team. Mm-hmm. Giannis is has in moments in this series been the same exact way. They they have literally just given him the ball and said, "We need you to do it all for us. Go score, mm-hmm. defend at the rim." Um, he's had these great battles with Al Horford in the in this series as well, and uh, they're really missing Chris Middleton. You know, so. I give a very slight edge to Boston just for the simple fact that they're at home today, and I'm worried that the Bucks might be running out of energy without their second-best player. Yeah, yeah, you hit it on the head perfectly there. Uh, that's the thing that we've seen. Same with Embiid and all these other guys is when your second or third-best player goes down, we saw it with Jokic here as well. It's just so much more on your shoulders, and you can do it for a short amount of time, but after a while, it starts to build up on you. The real question for me is, if they win this series and Chris Middleton comes back, how much of a load can he really shoulder, and how beat down is Giannis going to really be at that point? Because that, for me, uh, is the main thing, is they need Middleton and Giannis to both be at the top of their game if they're going to win the title uh, this year. And uh, I don't have them winning the title this year. So uh, we'll see uh, what happens there. I appreciate all your guys' questions here in the chat. We're going to jump into those here in a little bit. Uh, We just got debating about, uh, (laughs) you know, Kevin Durant and all this stuff for too long. So I want to just knock out this uh, Memphis Golden State preview real quick, and then we'll jump right into all of your questions. Any last thoughts on Milwaukee, Boston? Who are you who you got winning tonight? Well, I picked Milwaukee to win the series, so if they don't win this game today, that seriously hurts my chances of that coming true. Um, I I am a little worried about picking Milwaukee in this game, but I I will stand with my picks here. Okay. Milwaukee wins on the road today. Another close game. I'll say by like three points. Okay. I'm going with the home team, Boston Celtics. Come Uh-oh, on, Boston. You know what that means. Barry's picking against yeah. me. Yeah, come on, Boston. Bring it home for me. Bring it home. I had Brooklyn win in this series, so uh, <laughs> a Boston win is good enough for me. What do they say? You can't beat them, join them. So oh, you, that's what KD says, yeah, right? Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to stop knocking on KD here. <laughs> Let's talk about the team that he joined, uh, the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they take on the Memphis Grizzlies in the second game of our doubleheader tonight on TNT. Uh, Golden State is up 3-1. Uh, ja Morant is not available in this game, still dealing with uh, the knee bruise. Um, it should be an interesting game. The Warriors are favored by four, even though it is in Memphis. Um, we'll see what the Memphis fans have for the Warriors players tonight. I know there's a lot of uh, hostility and pent-up feelings yep. and uh, yep. uh, probably some aggression towards the John Moran injury and how that all worked out. Uh, really unfortunate for them. Um, they were looking great. They were close in the last game after getting blown out in the game before that. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, Memphis, I think, is going to have to play one of their best games of of the year, I think, to win this game. Um, and I realize they're at home, uh, so they should play better, but the Warriors, e- even though they haven't played really, really, really well over the, 
the course of this series. I mean, they had the one great game at home where they blew them away. Other than that, they've struggled shooting. Um, this is the Warriors. They've now gone through their first uh, playoff series win, you know, in a few years. Steph talked about um, having to remember what it was like to play a closeout game in the playoffs. I think this Warriors team knows the urgency of this situation now with no John Morant. They smell blood in the water. They're going to come out firing today. And I worry about Memphis being able to execute in the fourth quarter without Morant because he has been pretty much their entire team in the fourth quarter in this this series. So I like Golden State to close it out today. All right. Uh, so I'm picking all the road teams. I'm going to disagree. I'm going oh, with the home here team. We go. I'm going with the Memphis Grizzlies. I think they're going to figure out a way to sneak this game out. They need to be physical. They need to be aggressive. I, I think we're going to see at least one or two people get ejected in this game. I hope Draymond oh, wow. Green is one of them. Uh, <laughs> and then I expect Golden State to close out the series in game six at home. Okay. Uh, so I'm I picking. did pick Golden State in six, so I'm going against my pick here. But <laughs> I'm uh, I'm picking both home teams today. Uh, come on, guys. Don't, I just, don't prove me wrong. What worries me the most about Memphis is Desmond Bain has not been himself the same Desmond Bain in this series. And Jaron Jackson Jr., those are the two guys I think that have to have really big games in order for them to win here. Yep. Jaron Jackson has played well in this series, but he's been very sporadic, very up and down. I think he was 0 of 7 from 3 in the last their last game. So I, I just don't trust the consistency from this team without Morant, who has been everything for them in this series, going against a the championship pedigree team in the Warriors that, like I said, are know the urgency of this situation. They don't want to extend this series yep. any longer. So I think it's over tonight. It'll be interesting. I, I'm just rooting for good games again. I, I don't want any blowouts like yeah. yesterday. <laughs> Uh, real quick, Calvin, before we go into Q and a, I got one more question for you or more of a situation. Oh it's is a, this about Kevin Durant. It is. And it's a doozy. Uh, so we both worked in the service industry, you know, we're servers, bartenders, all that fun stuff. So I like to make these oh, kind of, uh, with this? analogies here. Right. <laughs> but, uh, let's say, you know, there's this restaurant, right? Uh, I might even say it's in Miami. Um, uh-huh. And maybe it's not the most popular restaurant in the town, but it, it's a decent restaurant. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, you're a server and or a bartender, and you have two other friends uh, that are servers, bartenders. One of them already works at this restaurant. Um, and then you, you know, decide, hey, I'm going to make this the most popular restaurant in town. And I'm going to go there, and I'm going to take my other buddy, and us three servers or bartenders are going to kill it. And this restaurant becomes the best restaurant in town. Did I create that restaurant? No, the restaurant was already created. <laughs> but I created that atmosphere, that vibe. I, I brought them to be you, that best you, restaurant in town. You created the the new version of that restaurant. You, okay. You revitalized it or reinvented it. So then what if there's another restaurant on the opposite side of town? Uh, maybe it's in Oakland or, or San Francisco. The opposite side of town or, in or whatever. <laughs> Uh, and it's already the most popular restaurant I, in town. And I, I, I decided to get me to do here. I decided to get a job at that restaurant and Hey, maybe I'm the best server or I'm the best re- uh, bartender at that restaurant. But the restaurant was already the most popular last year. And now it's the most popular again. Is there a difference? 
I think we're trying to compare apples and oranges here. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to take the bait on that one. I hope you guys all I, appreciate that. I said that my analogy. piece about Kevin Durant. <laughs> I'm apparently the only one that thinks it, so whatever. But that's that's fine. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I just had to had to get Calvin one more time here. <laughs> I love having these debates, and I know he does too. That's the whole reason we're here. So. No, seriously, thank you, Phoenix, for bringing that up because yep. you know th- when Barry and I wanted to create a YouTube channel about basketball. It was for moments like that, you know, that that's the beauty of sports. Like not everybody agrees on all yeah. the same subjects and there's not always a right answer and there's not always a right answer, but it's fun to debate it. It's fun to talk about. All right. So let's, uh, let's jump here into Q and a, if you guys have any questions, uh, hopefully we got answers. I'm going to go through here and see if we have any ones we haven't answered yet, but, uh, go ahead and post them in here and then let's get going. All right, I see a bunch of KD comments. I see a Kawhi Leonard, KG. KG was in his prime, I think so, when he went to Boston. Yes. It was the injuries. uh, One defensive player of the year in Boston. Yeah, it was the injuries, though, that really derailed him. Yes. He could have been in there longer. He was not the same player that he was, you know, maybe – three five years before that but he was still a very dominant and this was not brooklyn nets kg no definitely not all right um moving on here wow there's a lot of comments about this All right, I need thoughts on the Jokic MVP voting, him winning by 169 votes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think feel Should like we've already touched on this, you know, mul- uh, multiple times now, I think, in the past couple days. But, yeah, I, I agree. The, the margin of victory shouldn't have been that wide. Embiid shouldn't have finished third, in my opinion. Um, I would have been totally fine with either Jokic or Embiid winning they're both deserving in my opinion and it it's really difficult to pick the winner of this award is what yeah. it comes down to I think it should have been closer um as amazing of player Giannis is I think that Embiid and Jokic both had more productive seasons than him I think they were both more important to their team which is hard to say because uh, Giannis is incredibly important to his team yeah. Um, but going back to what we said, like last week, the award needs to be given away when the regular season is over. <laughs> like, don't wait until the postseason. And then you have guys like Embiid yesterday. If that was really bothering him, why is it coming out in the middle of a series when he's trying to win? Right? Like it should have mm-hmm. been at the re- uh, end of regular season, but uh, I think it should have been much closer. Um, and I think Embiid, Jokic, I would have been happy with either of them winning. They were both deserving, in my opinion. Uh, I just, 169 votes is a lot to win by. Um, But then again, I also didn't think Curry should have been a unanimous MVP. So, I don't know. It's a really tough subject. It is. It is. And there's probably no right answer here, like like we were just saying. Um, But, yeah, disappointing for them. But at the same time, There's a lot of guys in the NBA, and only one person wins every single year. Imagine how tough that must be to choose only one guy because you're comparing guys that play different positions, guys that play on different teams, uh, that are in different conferences, like all these different things. It's very, very tough. 
How many series will go to seven games out of the four remaining matchups? I think you just have one, good, right? Good question. Um, yes. I In Miami and Philadelphia. It's probably the wrong one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Philadelphia and Miami I did pick to go seven games before the playoffs even started. Uh, I, I see two of these series as having a chance to go seven, and that's Boston-Milwaukee. And Dallas and Phoenix. I, I I do think Phoenix is going to close it out in game six, but the, uh, the home team has won every game in that series. Uh, Dallas has played really, really well at home, so I give them a, a better chance than I give Philadelphia or Memphis of forcing a game seven. Yeah, I, I don't know if any of these series – uh, in this round, we'll go to seven games. I do think the Boston-Milwaukee series has a chance. We'll see what happens today. Uh, but I'm looking more towards the next round. Golden State and Phoenix, I think that could potentially go seven games. Uh, and Miami in Milwaukee or Miami in Boston, I think that could potentially go seven yeah. games as yeah. well. But it, it only depends. And that could be a great on, uh, conference finals yeah. round there. E- either one of those matchups in the East, and uh, I think we – all probably agree it'll be Phoenix and Golden State out west. It just really depends on on health, right? Like what yeah. happens with Chris Paul here? Is he injured or, or what's going on with him? And then what happens with Chris Middleton and Giannis? Because yeah. uh, we're going to need all these guys to be healthy if we're going to seven games. Mm-hmm. Stay out of the secret tunnels. Yeah, yeah. And no, uh, no unwelcomed hugs or anything like that. Never count out Giannis. They were down 2-0 in the finals last year. Yeah, they were. True. They also had Chris Middleton, yeah. but that is that is very true. I'm definitely not counting him out. I still picked Milwaukee to win this series. So, uh, Ivan says, go Suns. Would like a Suns versus Bucks rematch. Um, Progressive G, who are you talking to here? Ivan, I don't think he is a motivator, but he leads Ke- by putting his – team on his back and carrying them offensively oh okay d okay i see that yeah i mean um people there's different types of leaders and different types of motivators uh some people let their game do the talking for them i i've definitely heard kd be vocal with people um but yeah he's he's not a draymond green type personality or or a chris paul uh personality as far as leadership goes did you guys hear about the Kyrie Twitch stream from yesterday? If so, what did you guys think about Kyrie speaking from his side of the story? I did not hear it. Um, I, I, I heard I heard about this story. I just didn't hear what Kyrie said. Yeah, I, I heard about, what was it, like four or five days ago where Kyrie was talking about his struggles this season and about how he wasn't sure if he was going to be kicked off the team or even allowed to play basketball anymore and and he struggled uh, with a lot of that. But is this the same story or different? I'm not sure. I, I know that that uh, <clears throat> he Kyrie had a viral moment on Twitch. He was, I think, playing a video game or something, and he and he got into it. I I don't know enough facts to really make any claims, but um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I <laughs> just like I was saying about KD, where I, you know all the off the court stuff. I could really care less about. I just want to watch these guys play basketball and evaluate them as basketball players. But Kyrie Irving, I have a hard time doing that because he never gets on the goddamn court. So, <laughs> I, 
Um, he Kyrie is just a big headache for me. Uh, he's an incredibly talented basketball player, but I've said it many times before. I wouldn't want him on my team. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but I definitely understand that uh, that logic and that thinking. It's tough to have a guy that's so individual in Kyrie Irving in a team sport. Um, I think the dude is very misunderstood, and I've been very critical of him in the past as well. Um, but I, I don't know. It's really hard to think about how a guy like that really operates and thinks because he's a multimillionaire who – you know, has a much different background than a person like me. Um, and he's in a much different place in life than I am. So it, it really is hard for me to understand exactly where he's coming from. Um, but the media does not paint him in a good light at all, which is unfortunate. And I understand when he's calling people pawns and, and all that stuff, why they're not going to do him any favors. So uh, part of it is, you know, you make your bed and you lie in it. Um, and he doesn't seem to be happy with some of the decisions he's made in the past or where they've led him to at this point, which is unfortunate because I, I like Kyrie. I've been watching the, the Uncle Drew videos for a really long time. As Calvin mentioned, amazing basketball player, probably the, the most skilled ball handler of all time that I've seen. Uh, amazing, you know, player as far as, um, you know, his layup ability, uh, that shot he hit in the finals. After that, I was like, this dude's going to be one of the best players in the league. And then all the off-season stuff or off-the-court stuff, the drama with LeBron, Boston, uh, Brooklyn, It's it's got to be exhausting for him. He talked about how he had become suicidal during his time in Boston. Ouch, that's that sucks. I'm going to have to listen to this stream. Yeah, certainly it's un unfortunate, and there's a there's a lot of those stories in sports, uh, professional sports all over the world. Uh, I mean, um, th that you just never hear about. So it, all of that stuff is very unfortunate. Dealing with depression, um, dealing with uh, you know mental illness or, or mental health, uh, being low, and and certainly professional athletes in this country, is especially the the top, you know, one or 2% of them deal with stuff that most of us will never understand yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah. And this so it, it is very unfortunate, but I, I do think there are two sides to every story. Like you were alluding yeah. to Kyrie is not, I would never wish any of that stuff on anyone, but Kyrie is not a hundred percent innocent either. Yeah. The, well, there's always like his side and his side. And then the truth is like somewhere in the middle, usually, yeah. Yeah. um, I, I got to listen to the stream because it sounds pretty interesting. When I think about stuff like this and I think about, you know, there was a famous quote from uh, Kevin Durant that said the atmosphere around LeBron James is toxic. And LeBron kind of was like, well, what are you talking about? And Katie, you know, elaborate a little bit. And he's like, it's not you. It has nothing to do with you as a person. It's the environment around you because you are supposed to be the greatest player of all time. And, you know, when I look at stuff like that and I look at players like Kyrie and uh, Delonte West and some of these other players that have been around LeBron James, it just makes me, you know, appreciate LeBron even more and how much this dude has gone through and how strong he's been. Uh, you know, I didn't want to turn this into a LeBron James is so great and amazing, but we need to give the guy some props. Probably one of the best, if not the best role models of all time. 
The dude builds schools. He's been having people tell him that he's going to be the greatest of all time since he's like 13, 14, 15 years old. And uh, the dude is like not involved in, in much drama. Uh, he hasn't really fucked up um, in my eyes. Um, so shout out to LeBron, man. Yeah, just it, to survive that it, is It incredible. just goes to show how mentally tough you have to be to be in those those situations you know seeing people like kevin love and ben simmons and Kyrie speak out about mental health and how difficult it is to be in those positions as a professional athlete with all the pressure and everything on top of them um you know it, it really goes to show how how strong of a person you have to be to succeed in those situations and, uh, you know, over the years, we've seen guys handle it differently, Jordan yep. um, and LeBron and, and all of that. So it, it's a very interesting topic uh, for sure. Jordan, to me, doesn't come off as a guy that will ever give in or be soft or be vulnerable and show his emotions. But you can see it. I mean, the dude locks himself inside. He doesn't want to go out. He doesn't want to be around yeah. people. Like, I, I get it. Imagine, just imagine yourself like i've been recognized at a couple kings games and it was really cool right but could you imagine that if you go anywhere in the world every single person knows your name they Forget know anywhere in the world you take two steps out of your front door yeah. and you've got a crowd of people they know who you are they know your history they know your past they want to be your friend they act like they yeah. know you like that in itself has got to be uh, a very very weird mind fuck oh yeah and for, sure. for a guy like Kyrie Irving that's had all these media encounters and all these narratives pushed towards him many of them which I don't believe are are true uh maybe he had a part in creating that or or putting off a perception but people take things and they run with it and then you're him just trying to go to the gym or the store or be a normal person then all of a sudden's like Hey, Kyrie, heard you hate LeBron. What's going on with you and LeBron and blah, 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 and all this? Like, that has got to be exhausting. Absolutely. Exhausting. Absolutely. But that's why they make the big bucks, Calvin. You know yep. what they say, more money, more problems. More money, more problems. Uh, you guys got any more questions for us before we wrap up the show today? We appreciate you guys yeah, all for guys. joining that, us. That was maybe the, the most uh, philosophical and spirited basketball at the bar show to date, so... Thank you. We'll, we'll keep them coming for sure because we enjoy talking about this stuff. Also want to remind you all, we are about six days away from the NBA draft lottery. Uh, we might have to move this show um, either up or down in scheduling. We'll keep you guys posted uh, because we will be live on Royal Rebounds during the draft lottery celebrating uh, the Sacramento Kings winning the number one pick. That's right. They are winning the number one pick. At wow. least I hope, hope so. <laughs> You heard it here first. Um, yeah. Any more questions before we wrap it up? LeBron is pretty squeaky clean. That type of fame can make people feel like a prisoner at times. Absolutely. I agree with that yeah. statement 100%. Yeah. I mean, you see it with all these guys, right? Like Michael Jackson, yeah. all, all yeah. these celebrities. It's uh, Everyone wants to be a celebrity until you're a celebrity, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's the the good and there's the bad, and unfortunately, all the bad becomes public, and that's what people remember yep. the most about you. And there's the buddy. And the buddy. 
All right, guys. Thank you all for joining us on another episode. We appreciate you all for watching. Please hit that like button. Please share this video with your friends. And please hit that subscribe button. We will see you guys all tomorrow. Bar is closed. Uh, and make sure you tip your bartender.